1: Here we are finally. We're right here, right? <laughs> right here. <laughs> well,
2: the music keep like stopping or was that my connection?
0: No, yeah, it was ours and, too. And it's been my, doing it to me lately. My uh my intro music's not playing. It shows that it's playing, but I don't hear it.
1: But it does, yeah. And then you just, I, I that happened a couple of um, uh, videos ago that I did. And then I'm just sitting there looking goofy, picking my teeth and everything, <laughs> thinking that the intro's playing. And then I look on YouTube and it's like, nope, it's just me picking my teeth and sharing stuff out. And it's supposed to be playing on my end. It
0: looks like it's playing. So thanks a can, lot, screen. Can y'all. you guys hear the, the music humble. at all?
3: I can yes, hear it. Finally I did. You
0: yeah, guys can like, you hear the music and right and now, though? No. Mm-mm. Oh, because I have the normal like intro music playing and it's. I don't hear it. I've yeah. never had that happen before.
2: And we need to add LC to the I, host. I also,
0: is... I also noticed that. Yeah, I didn't even notice. I did. That's so
1: nice. Now we. Know I'm so great. grateful to be here with you, beautiful human beings. I love
3: y'all. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's y'all. get going.
2: I mean, they know who we are, and I'm sure most of them know. I'll see now, but. Houston or how introduce yourself and tell how you want
4: to introduce yourself. I am Houston Spore. (laughs) I uh, grew up in Florida and I am seven years in recovery, a little over seven years Mm. in recovery after about a 20 year addiction to opioids. It started at about 16 to 17 years old um, after some severe injuries playing sports. And I am a thick headed individual, didn't stop playing until my 20s. And just kind of got caught up in that whole mess. I heard that. Yeah. oops.
0: (laughs) I got it to work.
4: So but I uh, currently I, you know, when I got into recovery, it was one of the situations of uh, how could I give back? I think that's kind of what we all do. We get in the rooms. And it's we do the little things to kind of um give back in our own little ways and mine was i got into recovery the the year my father passed away and i wanted to start giving back in a different manner that i think would be befitting to what he saw as good he was a doctor always giving back right so just kind of uh started from there and it's 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 blossomed into some some beautiful times of helping many people and keeping my keeping myself going in recovery as well.
1: That's outstanding. Yeah.
2: Awesome. And you grew up like probably thirty minutes from where I grew up. And We have like mm-hmm. mutual family friends, so it's a we do.
4: We do. It's a very small room. So, thank you wow. all. Yeah, nice to meet you. This is this has been. Um, it's been a journey. I started to, found, I start I, like, and you, my, in my, my bio, I started a foundation a year ago and it's been, um, it's been interesting. Um, you know, you, you get into these, you get in the nonprofit world and it, it is a different ball game, you know, um, you hope everybody does well, but that's not always what you see, mm. but we've been very successful with our Narcan distribution and our, outside in program um which has helped about 20 people this year either get into some aspect of recovery or treatment and then the the hardest part is is with community care getting individuals put into some semblance of normalcy after they're you know trying to trying to start their lives back over that assimilation back into society is so difficult yeah yeah
1: What do you see, and I guess this will be a question that we start with, and I hope you'll get more into your story in just a few minutes, but but I guess this is a panel question too, you know, what do you see being one of the biggest hurdles um, to, to recovery success or, or to just getting that foundation going? Do you see people coming fresh in to suffer with the most? I mean, and that can be a question. I mean, you both you and Ashley work really close in the community. You know, I, I that's I'm interested in that.
4: There we go. Um, I would, you know, Ashley, I'll answer first on this because I think it's a multifaceted uh mm-hmm. response. With with the people I see, I work when I worked jail diversion um for some years and I saw people that were going into county jail and their first felony right? So they don't understand the life-changing application that it has to their lives, right? So Mm. they don't understand that once they get out, that changes the jobs, it changes the way that they're going to be taken in the community. And depending on the community you're living in, what kind of impact is that really going to have, right? And what I saw is, it's just almost that initial realization that their life they had before is now completely different. Mm. You know, it's unfortunate, you know, that you, in some areas, you can't, gain the life you have before but i think it's putting the people around them that that's what we do that's what i work on now is putting people around them family uh some community support whatever that may be to say hey there are options you know Mm -hmm. to be able to get you know life is never the same once you've been in been an addict it's just what it's my my life is a thousand times better than it was before right absolutely because it's so much what i've learned so yep. much of what I become—the person, the humility, all the things that go into being um, in recovery—and mm. and, and you learn every day. And I think that's kind of the way I—I I, I tell people—is um, that you you kind of learn until you, until you hopefully until stop breathing, you know, mm. as you keep learning. But but to go back on topic, it's really to wrap people around other people that have been through the process, mm. you know, and just yeah, yeah. every day checking in on them, and sometimes they're not in the right space to be able to move on. You know, everybody's on that spectrum of recovery, and it's pretty fascinating to watch individuals go through that, especially from where I stand, because I have a propensity to get fully invested, get my hands dirty, and then it comes back sometimes to bite me, you Mm -hmm. know, but it's worked more times to benefit uh, other individuals and really my own recovery. And I, so I, I have a propensity to still do it. Ashley you can understand that, <laughs> you
1: know, so. Yeah, amazing. Amazing. I think we're all kind of guilty of that, though, and not really so much. I hate using the word guilty, but I think that we'll all always do that. But I like the attitude that you have that even though this happens and it may continue to still happen, there's more good that's come out of it than than the bad, and we've still, you've still planted a seed, regardless of, you know, where they go next, so Mm -hmm. outstanding.
2: And Me and Houston have talked about this, it's like, instead of, we tend to put ourselves out there too much, like, to help somebody else, sometimes at the detriment of ourselves or Mm. our families, and Mm -hmm. sometimes, like, yeah, it's, it's good to help somebody, but but (laughs) that's one of, both of us are flaws is that we want to help so bad that we forget that there's other people that need us to be just oh. like, normal human beings too and 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 not be out saving the world so I think that that's like i think that's one of the things I've had to really like latch on to this year but you know twenty twenty two through twenty twenty three. People are like, oh, you're amazing. You're doing all this stuff. And it's like, in my head, I'm like, I missed doing homework with my kids. I missed this. I missed this. Like, I don't feel that amazing because yeah. I'm. So it's like, there's there's definitely sacrifices. And...
1: Yeah. 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 Well, it's great to hear from that professional side too because we talk and we focus so much on the recovery process and it's good that we do that like we need to do that for real but a lot of people that are coming that are in the recovery community are now going into work in the addiction and mental Mm -hmm. health fields and i think being able to hear from from two amazing hearts that are genuinely out in the world you know doing all that they can to give of themselves in this service and and hearing the other side of that that So, okay, just like what you just said, you know, I'm, people tell me I'm doing so much and I'm this great person and inside I feel like I'm neglecting, you know, these Mm. people to do this. And I think as we see some of ourself in, in each person that comes along, and I think that once we get this place of success, you know, it's almost like we thought we were the worst of the worst. So it's like, if I can get this, I promise you can too, you know, and 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 I'll show you the way. And 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 I think it does get overwhelming at times. And I appreciate both of you sharing openly from that professional side, because people need to understand that peer support to me is a very tricky situation uh-huh. and a tricky subject. And I think it's valid that we talk about, you know, are people ready at one year, you uh-huh. know, just because they feel like they're ready. Are they ready? You know, uh-huh. what, what's to say?
2: And my opinion on that is that it depends on the person. I don't think it's not a so time.
4: Mm-mm. I think
2: it's it's an education. Like a lot of people will have twenty years and they don't think they need to learn anything else and yeah, mean, they don't yeah. know other pathways and and being a peer is not a sponsor.
3: Yeah, um, yeah,
2: At least a certified peer or doing it in the field is completely different. And Like and not to knock sponsors, they have their place and they do great things.
4: Yep. But it's
2: different, especially when you know like when 12-step programs were invented, they weren't invented to be life coaches. Sponsors Mm. were not. They were invented to bring people in because it was secret and it was in basements and, you know, like back rooms. And it was like to vet if this person could be trustworthy. Okay, we're vouching for them. That's where it started.
3: Mm.
2: So like, I think we have to, there's so much like value to lived experience, but you have to be willing to learn because there's a lot of knowledge that we just don't know just because of our lived experience because our experience is different than somebody else's.
0: I forgot forgot my bell, but...
2: (laughs) (laughs) If you want me to go back to your question earlier, what do I see the most of is um, the thing that breaks my heart is that there's so much prevention that could be doing and we're getting Mm. prevention wrong and we're not looking at mental health (laughs) and assessments. We're not... Letting people have long enough stays in residential, um, we're in and out. Like, so I'm telling you the amount of. If we put a fourth of what is needed in prevention, we would save so much money on the back end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In prevention, I'm not saying dare. Like, I'm saying what happens when. Your substance use gets a little out of control, and you you know that you m- need help, but you haven't gone to jail yet. You haven't lost your family. You haven't done all this stuff. Like, where do you reach out for? Yeah.
4: Yeah. Um, yeah. Where just- we're, we, we, we're reactionary. Uh, and that's just, it's instead of, you know, it's a preventative concept that is foreign to us, even with our own healthcare system, right? Mm, yeah. So, that preventative <clears throat> concept is foreign to us. Um, Ashley, hundred percent. It's if you could catch people before they've like you said, they've gotten into that situation and we a felony is said and where what whatever consequences has put people back, right? Um and that that in itself is just not funded. We we fund the treatment of the end. You know, we fund the end result. We don't fund when you start noticing the behavior changes, right? Or the yeah. things that are consequential, like, oh, you're, you're, you're missing your job because we're so scared to involve ourselves in those aspects because that preventative side isn't isn't with the measure of, of what addiction looks like in this day and age. It's what That's the true. end result is.
1: That's true. And then I think there's like this, this unconscious bias towards this need to hit a rock bottom that we had, that we hold this thing subconsciously within us. And we think, Oh no, I'm okay. Cause I'm not hitting rock bottom yet. But what you're talking about is so vitally important. When we're talking about changing the conversation and the narrative around, you know, uh, addictions and mental health and recovery and what all of that looks like, we can start earlier than the felony earlier than the arrest earlier than the overdose and, and, continuing to talk I think like this and and create a new subconscious you know way of believing is is maybe how we do that by, you know different wording just the slightest little changes of things man what a great conversation here great conversation. It's being able
4: to like you said'll see it's been able to have it, it, it's starting somewhere it's at having the conversation. Because for so long it was the fear of having the conversation because of the stigma that would follow yeah. behind it. And we mm-hmm. are talking many years ago.
3: No. I, I mean, let's
4: be realistic. I mean, I'm forty, almost forty-five years old. It wasn't long ago where this, these conversations did not take place.
1: No, no, you I'd know? say five, six years ago, if right. that. Right. If that,
3: yeah. We
4: right.
2: live in Florida. There's still stigma.
4: <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> there definitely is. <laughs>
2: see is in the Bible Belt too and Brett's mm. in Texas, so they understand.
4: Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, oh,
2: yeah. I mean, there's stigma still everywhere, but it's just... I think wow. the big thing that I've been grateful for lately is I think law enforcement has taken a different approach and I think that their opinion has changed. On It used to be, let's like, throw them in a cell and throw away the key. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think that i mean i've seen a very big shift in that recently and i'm really really proud of law enforcement for coming around and being open to maybe this yeah. can be something we we as a community work together on
4: absolutely just to speak on that i just the other day had a meeting with sergeant mora of the orlando fentanyl task force and we we, we talk a lot um it's because of just how bad things have gotten where you actually need a task force, right? On, yeah. On
1: just one a task force. Right. Oh. But
4: they are it to an issue where they're, they're on the streets. They're seeing where it's taken Narcan 12 milligrams to get people back up and, and going again. And that doesn't always hold them. So in the Narcan program that I help run, um, we get a lot of, I, I, I want to make sure I, I target certain areas and, I work with him a lot too, and I was able to get them over a hundred and some odd units because they hit the streets. They're the ones that are administering it. They mm. are that front line. It's, you know, it's those frontline front responders that he's like, yeah, we're, we just don't have the Narcan that we need. Wow. You know, wow. Um, but to talk about it and the way we talk about it, he, he wouldn't even think he was, an, I was a police officer because he sent me people that I've gotten into treatment. He sent me people that I've, you know, help their families out. Um, And just you get, when you have officers like that, they are peace officers. They're bringing a Mm. different perspective to things.
1: Mm. You know. That's amazing. The shifts that we're, that we're seeing just because of honestly the work that we've all been putting in, in, in bringing these, bringing these conversations uh, into the light and, and putting our boots on the ground and going to these places, you know, what What would um, both of you say you in each of your opinion has been one of the biggest defining moments of the shift, like with law enforcement, you know, them being trained through that war on drugs? You know, what do you guys think the the shift has been? Is it a is it a closer bond with humanity? I mean, what what do you all see in your day to day? being part of the reason of that shift?
2: I can go first if you want. Go ahead,
4: yeah, of course.
2: I think it's hitting them closer to home. I think it's Mm. hitting their family members. Mm. I think that it used to be, it was those criminals and Mm. they were going into neighborhoods that maybe weren't so great and seeing it more. Now it's their kids. It's their brothers Mm. and sisters. It's their... Son in laws, daughter in laws, like nieces, nephews, like it's people they know in their whole life that they know are good people.
1: Mm. Wow. Well, mm-hmm. yes, gosh, that's 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 true, and that is intense. That's yeah. amazing. Mm. You know,
4: I I I go to a grief group um, for people that have parents, a lot of parents, a lot of loved ones that have lost people to overdose and. I get a lot of uh, for I get people in there that are first responders, and I think like like Ashley said, it hits close to home, and it humanizes, you know, the numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, people don't people go, okay, well these people, well, hold on, this is my son, this is my kid, I lost this, I lost that, and it's actually putting instead of it just keeping these numbers, we we have a propensity to lose sight of the human side of it when we try to collect data on everything. Instead yeah. of saying oh, that number, that's somebody's child, that's somebody's cousin, that's somebody's brother. And I think the officers have to live in some mindset of that or it becomes so traumatic. Yet when it hits so close to home, it has nothing, there's no choice. It slaps them in the face. You know?
1: You, yeah. You know, in this conversation, this is. This is precisely why I just know that the recovery community is, is positioned to help shift the consciousness of our global society, our collective, you know, us as a human collective, because we are being shown time and time again, that, that there is no discrimination when it comes to addiction and, in and, and death and, in mental health deaths. I mean, everything that, that, that we fight against so much and we stigmatize so much is teaching us back to us that it doesn't have, it doesn't discriminate. While we, especially in our country, spend so much time hating another person or judging another person based on something that just keeps divinely being shown to us is not discriminatory. And that, that division between us seems to be what keeps these 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 death traps if you will continuing to to grow and bigger it's almost like we're being asked to, to pay attention you know it doesn't have to continue to get so bad but we're being asked to pay attention to the what's really important and that's the human being in front of you you know that's the human being that we are together and collectively and we waste so much time. This, this, you will, <laughs> y'all will have to excuse me. I've been on a, um, a, uh, a study for the last couple of days because I'm I do another show, and we're 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 doing this on um, Jim Crow laws in the South, oh, and wow. it's just it's just been honestly so eye opening to see how these bigger things that are so catastrophic in our lives are showing us that we need each other. Regardless of our, our our skin, our preferences, our 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 genders, our jobs, our you know social class, we need each other. And how much further? I mean, how much louder does this have to get before we wake up and realize we need each other? I think it's it's just astounding. Astounding.
3: Mm.
4: It's a divide and conquer. Yeah, I mean, and I, I say that, and I mean it from the perspective. It's easy for if we looked at this from a perspective of human to human, we all are suffering from this, but everybody always wants to take it and break it down. And that breaking of it down takes it away and then takes it out of the communities, takes it out of yeah. this, takes it out of that. Yeah. And it changes the way it's no different for someone else in another community because of the color of their skin. Yeah. It has nothing to do yeah. with it. We all they yeah. suffer the same way. Parents suffer the absolutely. same way. The addiction's still yep. the same way. The same results yep. can happen.
1: Yep. So absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely.
4: Well,
3: in
2: reality, the most likely person to die of an overdose is a white male yeah. between the ages of 25 and 40.
3: Wow.
2: Or, or maybe 50. And and I saw Tyler said that only 10% received treatment. And uh, according to the stats in Florida last year, 94% of people that reached the criteria for substance use did not receive treatment. Right. So wow. less than 10%. Oh,
4: um, Wow. That in itself is, is it, when you think about it right you think of the people that we've seen in the rooms we see all the places we see they're in recovery all the other people out there that are just just not not able to perceive it it's it's it breaks my heart it seriously mm-hmm. does you know and and, and go ahead sorry actually no, you
3: know,
2: he was just talking about the economic costs of Substance use disorder. So I pulled out my economic benefits of long-term recovery. Mm -hmm. Mm. So 83% reported having a compensated stable job as a result of long-term recovery. So 83%. Two times as many individuals in recovery pay their bills on time and repay debts compared to those in active substance use disorder. 93% reported having access to a banking system compared to 80%, which is the national average. So, 93% of people in recovery had access to a banking system versus people without substance use disorder. It's 80% is the average. Two times. As many individuals in recovery start their own businesses compared to individuals with active substance use. 84% of people in long-term recovery report paying taxes compared to the 67% of people beginning their recovery.
3: 4%
2: of people in long-term recovery report good credit standing compared to the 58% of people beginning their recovery and 92% of people in long-term recovery reported planning for their financial futures compared to the 77% of people beginning their recovery.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I can say it's only been 10 years ago since I stepped into recovery that I actually had a successful bank account. You know, like I did not plan to live as long as I did and therefore you know, did not miss. And I remember watching people like watching my family get a paycheck on Fridays and just wishing I could have that normal life where I could work and get a check and pay my bills and have things that were luxuries like toilet paper and, and different things like that. You know, I mean, that's, those are amazing statistics. So true.
4: Mm -hmm. Someone brought up and I just saw it go across that that treatment is not, it's different for everybody, right? One yeah. size doesn't fit all. And it's something that could not be any more true. And that I've always said to people, okay, how would you get there? I said, my story is my story. How I got there is, is uh, you know, I would love for you to get there the same way. Um, you know, but sometimes it takes different roads. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it takes different trials and tribulations. I took me, I was very thick-headed. It took me very many treatment times and treatment, but something stuck. I said, I said, I tell people, you'll know when something hits. It might Mm. not be the last time you use, but it'd be the last time it feels that way.
1: Man. You know what I mean? That's so good.
4: Yeah.
1: That's so good. And so true.
2: Mm. So Houston, why don't you tell what made you start your foundation and how that whole thing started? Oh, by the way on the side note. So I got into advocacy because of Houston. He put me on a panel wow. with with um, moms that had lost their children wow. um, to opiate use disorder, and just hearing them and just how they rallied around me, and just I I wish my daughter, or my son, you know, could hear your story. I wish they had hope, and it was like, okay, so so people need to hear hope, and that's what started me. So. My, my advocate or do anything, you can thank that man
1: right there. <laughs> thank you, Houston. Thank you. <laughs> well,
4: as we, as you and I were discussing, us and Brett, you know. <laughs> Ashley is uh Ashley's amazing. Um, she's been such a positive force since I started a lot of my advocacy and being a part of um, my foundation. I, I I talk to her. We talk. We talk a lot, especially here of late about collaborating, but I started, so when I first started um, the foundation, I really was the idea I was going to want to, I wound up in a treatment facility. That was, that was my big idea was the, and that, cause that's what my father and I were going to do together. My, my father's grand idea, which I would have loved to have done it with him, but he passed early, you know, in life. Mm-hmm. I know he's looking down and happy with what I'm doing, but it was, you know, I said, I think I said at the beginning of the podcast, it's what can I do? to bring the most impact to the most people in a positive manner over the longest period of time. Um, and that's when I started the foundation. I brought in um, uh, someone that Ashley and I now work, Ashley knows Peter from Solutionized, And we brought in these concepts of community care and what does that look like? And where do we have most of our issues? And considering that 95% of all the care that takes place in recovery takes place in the community right we you know you can go into a doctor's office and he can write you a script but if you don't take the medication and you have family following you if you don't have family following you what you're you know guiding you through that path people wrapped around you all the good parts of that um and holding you accountable Yeah, I, I didn't get into recovery until i was held accountable Amen. my actions had to be said no you you, you have some shitty actions Yeah, what you're doing are hurting a lot of people. And then it's being able to come to terms with those actions. Mm -hmm. And so it's being very true to the individuals that I help in recovery. I I have a a lot of people that don't like my approach. Um, But at the same time, it's a life or death situation. Hmm. Um, and when you're trying to do it, when I'm trying to help people that are in the community actively using or trying to stop using and in and out of relapse from one this to, you know, from one drug, and they've got kids involved. Um, like I have currently I'm working with three moms, um, and one of the mothers had a baby in jail, you know, and so you think about the severity of what's going on in situations. So the foundation. Came about of a in my opinion necessity, um, and it and it evolved over time into um, what it does today. It, it it helps people that are a looking to get help and that want help, and it follows them through life. Uh, like I like this past year, um, I've had two people. I got one person um, hit a year of recovery already um and then other people are on that spectrum somewhere um and it's all because you know what i gave my hand in the sense of all right let's walk this together if you got problems let's talk about it let me find the people that can help you talk about it more let's get you in the rooms let's get you wrapped around services let's get you a job let's get you a career you know, mm. let's put some of that pride back with, you know, you want to feel what pride is, you know, you want to feel that that reason you get up in the morning. That's what we start instilling back of individuals with the foundation. And it really shows in the way that they attack their work. Those, those statistics come from exactly what we're working on. You know, it's real mm. life situations. It's getting them bank accounts. It's working all that stuff, you know. Mm working everything and it's not looking at one thing greater than another it's looking at the totality of the individual to be able to say all right now you're taking the proper steps to long-term recovery yeah right? yeah mm. wow it's that purpose yes. like
2: purpose yeah i don't know if, like if your stories are you know but i just the more i hear people's stories it was like somebody believed in me when I didn't believe in myself and they believed in me until I believed in myself, no matter what the situation was, I hear it over and over. It's that, you know, like the foundation for recovery is hope according to, you know, SAMHSA and mm-hmm. then community purpose, health, home, right? Those are the four. So like, if, if, like purpose is huge. and
1: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Purpose will pull you through on days when, when the pain just wants to take you over. Purpose gives you that why to keep mm-hmm. moving through to fight for that.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, and when I, I'm gonna do it. I'm not gonna let the person down who believes in me that thinks I'm great. Like I'm gonna, you know, I might not be ready to do it for myself, but you know, y- y- that's a powerful thing. Like, yeah. Go ahead, sorry, Houston.
0: No, no,
4: I'm sorry. Uh, one thing that I still, it, it's, I like at recovery this, right? It's still being able to do the things that got me here in the first place and not even blink an eye to be able to do it. And I'll give an example. And uh, it, it, this is what, this is what works for me. So when I go to the, I, I, one of my things was I had to take drug tests all the time, right? Just accountability aspect of everything going on. I look at it as I'm building recovery <laughs> you know capital recovery in that regard right mm-hmm. I still to this day take your test and it's for nobody else but me no one else mm-hmm. cares anymore it's seven years down the line they mm-hmm. know how good I'm doing but it's just to build that it's if anybody ever has a question I don't mind showing that because I know that I had so many years of doing the wrong way that I've got a lot of years to, to showing that do it the right way to go Right, mm, it's not yeah. that you just get out of it and everything's so, oh yeah. great. We moved on. You can't <laughs> yeah. work that way, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, and I think that's where I get. Uh, that's where I tell people. I said, "You're a year out. That's amazing. I'm so proud of you. You know, and you should be proud of yourself." My, how I feel about you should have no significance, but it does, right? Because I work with the individual. Mm-hmm. But when you look at it, they're looking for my approval. So we got we got more work to do because it's got to be your approval of yourself. It's mm. got to be mm. taking that self esteem, running with it, and then yep. building that into something special.
3: Yeah. Right? Yeah. Building
4: that into you. What does you look like? You know, and that's, yeah. that's, that's taken, and that's a building process. Mm. You know? Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, as you can tell, I'm, I'm a little passionate.
1: <laughs> love it. No, love it. Love it. There's so many. I, I think all of us sitting here just sharing that, you know, to where I, I feel it when, you know, when you're saying that. Like, I just, I feel it. My heart just swells because I know it's the truth, you know. And 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 to say there isn't one way that helps people, you know, helps all people find their recovery path. But there is really one awesome set of of ideas and things that run through us all like like the power of purpose and the power of accountability and there are some some core things you know that that seem to be common themes in our lives and and maybe that's the place which i which i'm grateful for this recovery out loud cuz that seems to be the parts of our stories where we focus in on how alike we are even amongst our different details you know hope purpose and you know transmutation of pain and and you're talking about right now something that's so close to my heart, which is that radical self-acceptance, that place where you define you find that divine aspect of yourself where it doesn't matter if your family believes you're in recovery or not this time. You you're there. And eventually they have no choice Mm -hmm. but to, you know, to believe it or move out of the way because your actions are are now showing that and your, your, your vibration changes, your life changes. So yeah. Great. Great. Amazing. You know,
4: I, I, uh, yeah, I, 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 I get the question often and, you know, with my bio, it's the surgeries and I've almost, you know, almost died a few times and had a lot of close times with the drugs as we've all had. Um, and I ask, you know, would you change anything? And I really wouldn't you know and i know that people really you it no 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 i got a beautiful mm-hmm. life
0: i mm-hmm. love
4: I, I i like the humility i bring to things you know because i think it allows me to relate to all kinds of different situations and different people um and because it makes me relatable you know i agree with you I'll tell you before <laughs> you know i would it's I, 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 I'm glad I went through those pains, um, to become who I am, you know, mm-hmm. so. Mm.
2: You know what it does, like, for me is it everything was always, like, so black and white growing up, or mm. when you taught right and wrong, and everything mm. is either right or it's wrong,
3: yeah. and
2: going through hard times, and, and getting falling down and getting back up. Like it gives you this empathy that the world is really, really gray. A lot of different yeah. shades of gray and who knows what the right answer is to 90% of things are. I mean, yeah. like I, I saw Tyler's comment about sometimes you have to cut off the addict until they're re- ready to help themselves. And I don't know that I agree in every situation. Um, I, I agree that if they're hurting you, then you have to have your own boundaries. And I agree financially that that's probably a good idea. But, you know, parents, I've seen parents go to like Al-Anon and stuff and and they tell them, you know, cut them off and, you know, stop being codependent and stop enabling. And it's like, if somebody wants to feed their child food, like, I'm sorry, but that's a human, right? Like they should be able to still talk to their child and how, you know, maybe they say, I can't finance you anymore. You can't live in my house, but we'll meet at the park every day and I'll make sure you have food where I've mm-hmm. seen parents want to keep their kids a cell phone on because it's the only way they know their child's alive is by the fact that their cell phone signal is being used or moving around or so, I mean, should they turn it off? Like if that's what makes them be able to sleep at night, like I, I, and, I mean, and we have such a dangerous yeah. drug supply. There's all these like harm reduction stuff and it's like, should people be able to use in public? I don't know. Like, I don't know yeah. the answer to this. I, I know that recovery is possible for everyone. You know, I don't want to put kids at risk. I don't yeah. want to, but there's simple harm reduction things that don't uh-huh. put anybody at risk and treat somebody like human being and really increase their chance of recovery. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Like I said,
4: recovery has made life very gray. Actually, yeah. you walk, you need to walk in those yeah. eggshells of those conversations of having where, you know, you talk about um, harm reduction and what that looks like before. like we, I, I look at it and I'm proud of the community, recovery community, how far it's come,
3: mm-hmm.
4: right? In the sense that we can have these conversations and they could come out instead of it being, no, I'm against all of it, right? And these yeah. hard-lined I remember being hardline meetings where you're just like, "Wow, uh, this is militant," you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, we've all been to them, right? It, it, yeah. I've been I've been to meetings all across this country, and I go, "Wow, I don't know if I, I don't agree with it, but I respect what you're saying, right?" Yeah. Yeah. And it's be able to have the conversation so that we can come to some aspect of if it works for that individual, who am I to say? Yeah. I'm to say, it's that differentiations Absolutely. that make us so unique in life. Yeah. If we go to our recovery, those differentiations don't change, yeah. right? Yeah. It, it, they're not going to change for someone's recovery. Yeah. And so it's it's hard when we look at it with law and everything else, because you're looking at the totality of, of humanity and how it's going to adversely impact or positively impact them. The, when it comes to this, uh, you know, it's it's not easy. But if it helps somebody recover listen, I don't care what you got to do, you yeah. know, as long as it's yeah. not harming somebody, just get through it, man. Absolutely. You
2: know? To me, stuff like fentanyl strips, like are no brainer. Which oh. does that hurt? That hurts nobody. It's not giving, it's not giving someone drugs. It's not, they were going to use anyway. All it's doing is, and, and I, you know, I hear over and oh, well, they're testing to make sure it's fentanyl because they want to use it. They're going to use it whether they take <laughs> it shows it up that it's fentanyl or not. Like, right. so these people are not the people we're worried about. The people that it is the the 14 year old kid. It's their first time trying something, and okay. or it's hey, I'm I know like my parents taught me I'm supposed to just say no, but my friends are kind of pushing me. But I do have this strip. Like, mm. maybe I can just test it, and if it is not fentanyl then I don't feel as dangerous. And then they find out it is fentanyl and they don't try it or they tell their friends, look, that's not what you thought it was. Like, it's not a gummy. It's I mean, like there's been, I mean, and there's been a huge shift just with naloxone too. I mean, where, where are people dying? They're dying Mm. in their house or their friends' houses. They're dying in residences. And if Mm. if there's a lot of young adults and even adolescents and, it's almost if you have a, you know, people at your house, you really need an naloxone, whether you think you do or not.
1: It's it, it comes down to that, you know, do we do we talk about do we just continue to talk about the safety of our kids or do we listen to people that are giving true ideas about safety of kids? We spend so much time talking about trans kids and LGBTQ plus mm-hmm. kids and all this stuff that's dangerous to kids. But yet we're not talking enough about what you're talking about, things that are really killing these kids. Because what history proves, there's not one of us sitting here that did not experiment with some type of drugs or alcohol when we were teenagers. It don't change. They're going to do it. So do we want to just talk and spout out that we want safety for our kids or do we want to really get in and do something? Mm -hmm. You know,
2: if you have naloxone at your house, who does it hurt?
1: Exactly, Great.
2: It expires and you never have to use it. That's wonderful. Right. Like call That's the yep. best thing ever.
3: Absolutely,
1: you
2: have to use it. It's there. Like I don't understand.
4: Ashley and I were Ashley and I were on a call. It was um, with the with the parents we were on with, and their, the amount of parents that said they had Narcan in the house, but didn't know what it was and were scared to use it, was mm-hmm. staggering. And I hear mm. it so often and they go, we just didn't know what it was. We didn't want to hurt them more. And I'm going, that's that education. Mm. That's a that lack of education. That's that fear of, well, my family doesn't need it. So why do I need mm-hmm. it in my house? Or, right. you know, it, it's, I, I, I still hear that. I still hear that with family members that have lost people. Well, that's my, that's my wife's kid or whatever, or my, my aunt's kids. That's not mine. Or they, they differentiate it because they don't they
3: don't
1: want to have that tough conversation. Yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we're all parents as well. And so there's this, yeah. there's this, uh, you know, this subconscious thing, like, well, we don't need it in this house. You know, this, this blind eye I've raised my kids better than that. Well, mm-hmm. it's not a better, it's not a moral. That's what lends itself to that moral shame, that failing. It has nothing to do with that. You know, I mean, it could be, you know, a, a one-time experiment and, and, child's gone that's it's not a moral failing to to push the boundaries of human existence that's that's what we're made to do as humans and you know uh-huh. I, I, that's just just some of the information here tonight has just been staggering to me the fact that even what you just said that it's in the house and someone was afraid to 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 not to hurt them more i mean that's oh.
0: you're blue the kids like said, blue education though. yeah like yeah. right. education, cool. though. I, I keep a fire extinguisher in my house. Does that mean that I think my house is going to burn down or I plan on my house burning down? Right. No, right. Like we don't live like that. If something happens, yeah. I have yeah. a way to put the fire out.
4: Hopefully. It, it's preventative. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. yes. Great analogy. <laughs> to bring ding the it back bell. around. <laughs> I don't ding, ding the, bell the bell for myself. Ding the bell
1: for yourself. <laughs> ding.
2: And here's something, analogy. too, to think about. And a lot of people don't know this. And I don't know. I don't know if I've ever said it on the podcast before. Is that so? You can go to CVS, right? And you can get naloxone. Mm -hmm. But the problem is, is that then you do pay, you know, pay the full price. And here's the other thing is that if you get it through your insurance, there's been some issues with life insurance and stuff like that because it Mm -hmm. looks like you're a substance user, Mm -hmm. like even if you're doing preventative. So, you know, get it from a community resource. There's a lot of people in the community. There's mail, you know, depending on your states, there's RCOs everywhere. Like nobody, like when we train, we just take the zip code. Nobody knows who gets it. No one knows who has it in their house and right. it's free. Like it's free for the person giving it. It's, you know, obviously nothing's free in life but they don't pay anything. And, and that's something, you know, like a lot of people don't know. And I would hate for someone to go and get it preventative and then have a problem later. Oh, we see you got naloxone on your insurance and we don't want to cover you for health insurance because you're high risk. Or Sorry, life insurance because you're high risk. That's
4: so. a great point. It is a great, great. point.
1: Yeah, How's that's it? a great point because you're right. And I just heard a commercial going to work this morning about and and, and maybe this will end and inadvertently way help us in this because I heard a pharmaceutical company advertising, if you want to quit drinking, if you're just sober curious or you think you have a problem, they're now prescribing naloxone for that. So, you know, it Hmm. seems to be, even though there's so much, so many people dying of, you know, alcohol has been a huge problem and Mm -hmm. and source of, of a lot of things that maybe it almost becomes more accepted. Yeah, I had the same look on my face this morning too. I was thinking, how does that help you with that? But it was a commercial and I thought, okay, well now we're finding new things to do with naloxone that's a little less stigmatized because, you know, everybody drinks according to, (laughs) you know, the media, everybody drinks. And so instead of them using wording, like if you are, addicted to alcohol or your life's unmanageable. It was, if you're sober, curious and you just want a little help or you just want to not drink for your health, naloxone. And I was, oh, okay, well, you know, maybe this is a win for us in some kind of way. You know, whatever helps take the stigma away. But I don't know how it works.
4: Yeah, right?
2: Right? I mean, alcohol is one that's death have. I think it's what a fifty percent increase, like it's, I mean, way bigger than than opiates, like. But mm-hmm. opiates are what's in the news. But I yeah. think like ninety thousand people
4: die from complications, right?
2: Yeah. yeah, and so I mean, like, and like a year ago it was like forty five thousand. Like it, it's where opiates. I think it was like eighty something and went to a hundred and something. Like it was okay. the increase on alcohol was dramatic
4: people are hurting during times of despair yeah alcohol deaths and suicide go up right so yep. we've yep. seen skyrocketing about both those areas yep you know
1: people are hurting mm-hmm. hurting humans mm-hmm. we'll find a way to ease pain they wow I, mm-hmm. you know? I did yep yeah. <laughs> i'm with you i'm with you mm-hmm.
4: yeah, yeah. She's- Oh, look, good, intense talks, guys.
1: Yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot of great information going through here. Like, I'm just, just really full in my spirit. That's so much. I've learned so much just sitting here tonight. I think, you know, Ashley, you brought up something that I've thought about in my entire life and through my entire recovery. And no one else has ever voiced it. But it's that whole black and white you know, how, how life operated in black or white, it was all reaction, trigger, react, trigger, react. And and to really realize that, that, that life is gray, you know, I mean, the brain is, is, is gray matter. It's gray and there's so much gray in the world. And, uh, I appreciate you speaking about that, 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 that resonated with me deeply. Thank you. So much. Our
2: brains are amazing. Like they can <laughs> be wired. They can do so much. Mm-hmm. It's it's like it's mind-boggling to me that mm. we are letting this happen. Like because yeah. it is preventable, it is treatable, it is like it doesn't have to look like this.
3: Mm. Mm.
1: So much.
2: I mean, if we can rewire someone's brain after a TBI and they don't remember anything.
3: Mm, Right.
2: Like, (laughs) I mean, EMDR does some amazing things. Like, I mean, most of this stuff is trauma.
4: Oh,
2: yeah. And there's so many, like, treatments that work.
4: Absolutely. EMDR, I did EMDR quite a while. Yeah, It's wonderful. It, it, is. It, cha- it changed my life. Yeah, I'm it doing really it is. now.
1: Yeah, I'm doing it now with all my other healing. And I've, I've just, even in all the healing modalities and things that I've done over these past mm-hmm. working on 10 years, EMDR is amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if someone out there hasn't tried it, you know, or, or is on the fence about it or wants to know more, look into it because it just truly is amazing. Amazing
4: yeah yeah it's it,
1: absolutely amazing
4: it, it changed my ability to f- function again in a lot of ways mm. it really did with all the trauma you know because mm. i remember i remember where i with all the surgeries i had and near-death experiences i i hit a breaking point where mentally everything switched i then i remember i actually remember the point where i started using the substances for the different purposes right i was like oh that oxycott looks good because I need to go outside,
0: right? Mm.
4: It wasn't because I was hurting anymore. It was always yeah. something different, I remember that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and yeah. to be able to have something that can truly change the way that you operate with trauma, mm-hmm. with all those, with the, it's, it was amazing. And I, I, yeah, I remember, I remember that I sleeping for a very long time after my first couple um, sessions it's, just, mm. it's such a chain it was changing you know yeah oh,
1: yeah it's amazing so. uh amazing amazing
2: well there's been so much good stuff tonight one of the things yeah. i i do want to point out is that one of the, the cool things i think about houston's program is um when we went to the magic game he told me how he wanted people to like be able to experience things they hadn't experienced in their lives and had fun and so like he does different things with them that are like different that they've never That's done cool. before i think you said you took a couple of people to the, ma- the magic games right wow
3: so as wow.
2: a player like can you imagine you're like new in recovery and someone takes you to a magic game because they want you to experience something fun
4: like wow yeah. uh, there was a there was there was uh, kids I work with, and um, I like I like RC cars, so um, I bring kids around to work on RC cars. You know That's what I mean? Awesome! And it's that just awesome. Why not? It, listen, it helped me. I had to find something to channel my energy into. Like we all mm. do. We're on a yeah. podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <right? laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I found it and it was it tapped into another side of my brain with the engineering side and the, and the way to put things together and the way things work that I had never known or even thought of and in my, my four-year-old son and I now bond over those aspects of it you know for me it was sports all the time sports 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 sports, sports. if it didn't involve that then I most likely wasn't going to be involved in it and now it's it's nice to be at 45, realizing that growth is still possible, and you still appreciate things like you almost even wonder about like you're a kid again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's 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 a cool feeling, man. And I like to be able to watch people go through those times. You know. So that's so
1: that's so awesome because that that's there's no more there's no more just human than that. Just just being happy to see someone else experience their own happiness, man. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> awesome. Uh, outstanding.
4: It, it's a. It's been a good. It's been. It, this year has been uh, life changing for me because I I truly know where I will be, what I'll be doing for the rest of my years. You know, wow. just wow. because I think, just think it's so important. Uh, I to help others, regardless,
3: mm.
4: doesn't make a difference. it, it, it has to happen. I see humanity is is this 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 beautiful process, you know, we all can work together and I see us if we can work together better than the talks of preventative nature of addiction is there, you know, we could start working on that. But it's being able to have these conversations, being able to take people out, do different things, see the different sides of it that maybe what I'm doing is not the right thing. Maybe You know, having to drink through a basketball game is not something I have to do because that's Mm. mostly what it is. It was taking people out that had never gone to something that they weren't under the influence. Mm. It's appreciating that again. Right. Mm. So and it's. Yeah, it's been it's it's been interesting. Self-reflection and all the beautiful aspects of that.
1: That's outstanding. Outstanding. Man, recovery rocks. It does <laughs> love it i just love it
2: so what was it like being the son of a doctor and then having to go through treatment mm. and coming out the other side was there like oh. a different stigma to that
4: i think in the beginning my father uh in the beginning it was wrapped around my surgeries so it was i think it took like any physician and then you with your kids they 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 enmeshed themselves at least my father i'll I'll say it this way my father enmeshed himself in that and that became his overriding force to try to fix that right i became a patient of my father's which they tell you never should happen Mm -hmm. um and it was easy i think in the beginning to talk off the medications because he's, he's he's taking care of his pain you know um and then when I started going to treatment, it was, I was getting treatment for the pain. Then after a while, I think it just became, yeah, it's tough. You did not like talking about it in the community. It was not something that we talked about. Um, My, 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 you know, my mom uh, was different, you know, it's bring things to the surface and let's, let's look at them. Um, But my parents divorced when I was young. So um, that in itself has its own. <laughs> trials and tribulations mm-hmm. um and then you add in starting addiction at a young age yeah yeah you, you, my father being a doctor definitely played a, a different role in how things were perceived in the community you know um made it difficult sometimes to i think it and and, and not for any fault of our own we do it we know um not i don't know, in fact last night just it's, it's funny we are even having this conversation. But I, I haven't been to my father's grave since he died in 2015. Mm. And I took my son there last night for the first time. Um, don't know why. All of a sudden, I just, we were in land and I'm like, you know what? I just saw my brother, Tyler, and I'm like, well, I'm going to go see my father's grave. Um, and it it was something that I needed to do for myself. But the point being is, is that um, it made it difficult to get into recovery or just even start the process because, I didn't think I had a problem. Right. I just, it was, it was blinding that issue. My family saw it. My brothers would say it. My mom would say it, but you know, it was easy to sit there and listen, like, listen, this guy's a doctor. He says, I don't have a problem, you know, (laughs) (laughs) know, but it's, it's, it took a long time. And at the end, it, it, it divided more than it, than it helped so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know i think if that answers the question actually it was definitely tough mm-hmm.
2: you know um, i think that a lot of people don't realize the rates the doctors suffer with substance use disorder mm-hmm. um so i put it in the private chat the link um mm-hmm. but, but i couldn't find the the thing to do it in the comments for the post but it's like I mean I was reading the report the other day and it's depending on the type of doctor which type of substances they prefer like psychiatrists have a certain type and like they you know anesthesiologists have a certain type that they tend to use more um it seemed like um according to the report surgeons and pediatricians tended. to have lower rates of substance use disorder than mm-hmm. other um but i th- um psychiatrists i want to say don't quote me but i think it was sleep medicine was one that they which can i can understand as they hear like some traumatic stuff or um and then an anesthesiologist i think it was uppers um <laughs> i don't know it's I mean, we don't talk about this, but the, like, and I don't know if they're, but the one I sent you was the one that talked about how many doctors actually came to work under the influence of substances. Like they did a polling of doctors and it was a high rate that had been to work under the influence.
4: Oh yeah. Uh, my father was big on, um, and my mom was too. My mom was a lobbyist and worked with the Florida Medical Association and did a lot with physicians and the physicians impairment uh, group to, to start putting in um, restrictions and followings and, and, and systems to help when they did get into recovery to help follow those people. Right. And so um, it's a big issue, you know, and I actually i I, when i was in treatment the last time i had a friend of mine just it was in metham treatment and the doctor that did his he had he had pancreatic cancer and he was up in shans getting surgery and the doctor that did his surgery came into the same facility we were in uh, for alcohol abuse or alcohol alcoholism so and he stated he said it you know that he had been you know, 50% of the time under the influence of alcohol. Wow. So that's just, <laughs> wow. that that freaked me out. I'm thinking, wow, and I've had a lot of surgeries, <laughs> you know. Um, right. but it is not uncommon. But well, why do we think it would be? Why do we yeah. think a profession would be immune? right, and, uh, right. You know, right. Why would lawyers, lawyers have problems? Everybody has problems. It's not immune. It's not going to stop just because you have a, an MD behind a it. title, yeah, right? yeah, it a title, a <laughs> yeah. An
1: identity is an identity, identity is an identity, is a, exactly. But it's beautiful that it does bring up those places within us where we can also see that unconscious type of 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 programming where we, you know, just automatically go to that place where we think that these people are supposed to have different issues or not these issues. I think that's it's 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 amazing to be presented with that stuff within us because if you don't see it, we can't. Heal it, or transmute it, or you know, or or move through it and open our minds. But you know, so that's tremendous to think about.
4: Uh, bring up, can you do me a favor? Can you bring that comment up there? Which one? The one with Stephanie, two oh. months from each other. Yeah. So uh, that brings me to a story. Um, and it, it, my wife um, Julia is in recovery, and she started a year before I did. we met in treatment now obviously the taboo that goes behind that we don't we all know that that (laughs) those don't work um and they don't i'm telling people they don't but i was a select one that got through i guess um but the in order to in order for me in order for that to work it took the family i wouldn't be here unless my family was here and i think that's what it draws me every time, you know, home health, community purpose at Mm -hmm. home. It's your family and you know, whatever that is, people can make a family out of anything because that's what it is. It's people that care about you, that are going to follow you, that are going to, you know, be able to say to you, Hey, check yourself. You need to, you need to do something different. And that's what happened. And he said, listen, check yourself. If you all are going to be together and I'm putting this much nicer than my family said it, then you need to take time apart. And we took a year apart and they still weren't happy when we got back together but it took time you know and now they have a great relationship with my wife um and but i always say that it, if you if you show recovery long enough you force people to change
1: yeah right beautiful because beautiful. it's
4: beautiful. unfair to for us to think that families don't have to recover themselves
1: amen right and i think that gets
4: lost in the milieu sometimes of understanding that recovery is just it's an all-encompassing yes community problem you know it infiltrates our families and then we get better and then we go well why are you all taking so much longer yeah you know (laughs) because you don't have recovery
1: right you know yeah
4: recover the same way that we do
1: yeah oh so good So good. (laughs) So good.
2: Yeah, we've talked about that several times in the show. There's so many of us that are, like, you know, grateful for addiction because without that, we wouldn't have recovery, and we wouldn't be the people we are without recovery, and we would have never been the people we are today. So, yeah, addiction stinks, but, like, it was part of the journey.
1: Yeah, yeah yeah and so it's true journey, yeah and you said something that's so wonderful because it is true you sometimes can get frustrated with the people around you that that don't seem to be growing you know like you're almost like hurry up hurry up but you right. do have to remember they <laughs> they haven't gone to the you know the brink of death or the you know the bottom of the barrel like like we have and so man it's just reminded me again be grateful for that like yeah mm-hmm. grateful for my time in the shit you know because yeah. well. i've
2: been listening to michael jackson's man in the mirror in the last like oh 20, hours and it's like <laughs> so you know violent. there's people not eating there's you know like we're yeah. we forget sometimes that we have so much to be grateful for oh. mm.
4: look at the gifts not the things we didn't get Amen. you know Amen. yeah Amen.
2: Whatever you look for, you're going to find. If you look Ooh. for things to be mad about, you're going to find things to be mad about. If you want to find things to be hate people for, you're going to find them. If you find gifts, if you find things to be grateful for, if you find hope, like that's what you're, you look for it, that's what you're going to find.
1: That's so true. That's so true. And to say just yes. to Justin it being in t- at two months, you know, that's that. If I ever say that one thing really, really changed my life, even before abstinence, you know, came into the picture, it had to be starting with that gratitude practice when it was just even just one thing. And, mm-hmm. and what Ashley's talking about, and at two months, you know, in recovery, this is when recovery really, really gets good and started because now you can, you know, start start making some practices. And if there's anything that I can say to you, Justin is, is, is really begin like a gratitude practice. If it's just Mm -hmm. one thing, like right now in the comments, you know, my wife has been a big part of my recovery. You know, there's some gratitude to be had and it's not just to be grateful for a person or a thing or a place or a situation, but it's to begin to start to rewire your brain to begin to start to find the, the positive things in life to change the perspective your filters if you will and how you see life and it just begins to broaden man i mean it just really starts to grow outward and 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 it's not this big one one punch thing and everything changes it's a gradual process that eventually you just get to a place where you just you're not suffering in the same way that you were cuz you're not looking for that like ashley said you're not looking for that anymore you're looking for those things so remember punch buggies
2: like when you went on the road trip and you're looking for punch buggies, like you mm. find a bunch of them, right? Like
1: yeah. when's the
2: last time you saw a punch buggy?
4: That's a good point.
1: Yeah. Because
4: Another. you were looking yeah. I think they're all, I think they're all in Cuba.
2: I bet you all of us, if we looked, would find at least one punch buggy in the next 24 hours But if we were looking for it. But since we haven't been looking, we can't tell you the last time we saw one.
4: That's a good point. It is. If you look for it, it's a damn good way to look at it. See, Ashley, you always nail me some profound stuff every time. I know. I know. I know this woman just drops these lines. and Just mic,
1: mic drop. I'm out. I'm out. She goes dark. See ya.
4: I'm going to
1: change your life right now. There you go. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. Michael Jackson, awesome. Punch Puggies. I'm having some.
4: Yeah, you are. You are just nailing it. I'm like pulling them out.
2: <laughs> well, I think I'm in the wrong, you know, like I should go back about 20 years, 30 years.
3: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <That's crazy. laughs>
2: oh, they're watching together. That's cute. I like it.
1: Good for y'all. Good for That's y'all. Special. And good for her to be there and to, you know, like, like stay able to to be in this this relationship with this human being because it's not easy on either side you know for the person that's there for the people that are standing by you everybody's got to be healthy everybody's got to take care of themselves you know and and get healthy each each other you know get get healthy as individuals and 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 then you know you're better as a couple Mm, isn't that true i love pamela I love Thank that, you. Pamela. Gosh, she's amazing.
2: So before amazing. we go, Houston, do you want to tell everybody where they can find out about the Houston Forest?
4: Oh, please. Do please Houston? do. Yes. Yeah. Please do. It's the. Uh, it, please go to htsporefoundation.org. Um, it uh, can tell you how to get a hold of me. If anybody needs Darcan, anybody needs anything like that, please, guys, reach out. If anybody is in my area needs to reach out to the foundation for just anything uh, community care needs to try to find services um, I one of the things that I love to that I, I, I do is for a living is I do community outreach and I connect people with services all over the uh, state and now country so mm we are uh my database is getting ever bigger and bigger um so i you know i work for a good organization that promotes being able to help people regardless of whether we get them into a treatment facility of ours it's getting them treatment oh, you know and i think it's and whatever fits that person and i think that's a special portion of it you know um and uh but the foundation is is going to be around for a long time because I plan on being around doing it for a long time. So I, so. I, I appreciate you all having me on. This has been uh, wonderful. I love talking about this. It's so important. So thank you.
1: I'll stay. Yeah. And remind us, and, and for those that are coming in, maybe late, remind us where you are and, and sure. what areas you service. And you know. I'm in,
4: I'm actually I'm in Florida, central Florida area um i work a lot in the central florida area working to expand that throughout the state you know i'm always looking to expand those areas i grew up in Deland, florida over by daytona beach actually you know actually i grew up in the same area <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and and but i uh i do a lot of work you know pretty much co- this lately it's been coast to east east to west of florida um and then a lot down south, but it's it's forever growing, but I mostly in Central Fort area. Oh, okay. So I know. Thank and please you. reach out. I'm I'm always here here to help. So that I want other people to understand. And I have people that can help others too. So it's awesome. And we're building we're building volunteer base. Um and that's my that's the goal at this point with the new year, is to build that volunteer base up so we can really start helping people all over Mm. and not having to spread me so thin. Right. (laughs) Mm. Mm. But my wife appreciates that too. Um, And it's, you know, um, community care is it's, it's, I think we'll see through the years, it's more and more important. Um, I know I keep saying it over and over, but I believe it. it's where we are going to watch this change. Yes. You know. Yes. Yes. We'll watch this change, and in and in, in not in the, not in the treatment facilities because the rubber hits the road when you leave. Amen to that. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and oh. for people that, go ahead. Sorry.
2: I was just gonna say, like, how can we leave it in the hands of people that financially benefit from return repeat customers? I mean, mm-hmm. like, not that all treatment centers are bad. I'm not saying that at all, but I mean, as regulatory and advisory like you don't you don't have somebody looking over the business that pr- prospers from the business like so right
3: um, yeah yeah
2: There, you know like the community has to be the ones doing it because
4: that account of that accountability that i talk about is that same accountability we need to hold our communities to yeah
1: Absolutely. We gotta change the business model. Like yeah. like the whole thing needs to change. And that, that's that's evident throughout our entire many of our policies and, and, and the way that, that, that our country is right now. Like we have to shift this back to what's truly important. And that comes back to, to human human connection, mm-hmm. you know, hurting and healing people. You know, that that's what makes up this whole system, you know, it is our life force, our energy, and every person that's breathing breath is a part of that. And, you know, wherever you are in, in this entire struggle right now, if you're breathing in and out, like there's a chance right. for you, you know, there is a chance no matter what for you to live a life that you truly love. Wonderfully said. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And amazing. Way night. To
2: do it. I mean, like anxiety, there's anxiety medicine, but there's mindfulness, there's yoga, there's like a million different ways. Just link in to your community mm. and see what's there. doesn't have Amen. to be medication.
1: Amen. Mm. I like that. Link in. That's awesome. I've got a whole page of notes from you all here tonight. Yeah. Dog on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This has been very productive.
2: My quote is going to be communities that do yoga together.
4: We're covered <laughs> together. <laughs> <laughs> no more, can, I'm not doing downward dog or anything like that. <laughs> Come on. <That's laughs> on camera. Get to it. <laughs> Those days are over. <laughs>
2: <laughs> communities that walk together.
4: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we'll start there.
2: <laughs> Sounds
1: good.
4: Thank you for representing the magic tonight too, and the shirt. I appreciate that. That was quite nice of you.
1: And that the means. '90s. Thanks for and the 90s. '90s and representing <laughs> '90s. I'm
2: all about the '90s. Today. Yeah,
4: <laughs> Punchbugs,
2: Jackson. When the magic were good. When the match, <laughs> remember that's how our conversation started I know, I know
4: That's you said I haven't been to a game since they were good. I'm like that's been that's been a minute. <laughs>
2: yeah, and then they won. they were on a losing streak, and they were very and then they won like the next we talked about it like five out of six, and now yeah. they're they got a taste of what it like feels to win. I know. Houston was telling me all about all the players and which ones were cool and why and.
4: <laughs> That's. Awesome. See.
1: Yeah, because basketball <laughs> was his game. Basketball that was, was your game. That, that was was the game. game. that was, was my game. game.
4: Yeah.
2: Well, I understand it because I watched it back in the day, and I love sports, so it's not like um, you know. It clueless. wasn't foreign
4: to you. <laughs>
2: but it, yeah, I just, I wasn't, I hadn't followed the Magic in a very, very long time, or
1: any other NBA teams. <laughs> <laughs> hey and let's let's remind justin that he that justin you're already clean man you're you're already clean like you know there is nothing there that implies that there's something dirty about you and i know that that's that's always been the language and it's yeah. hard to like move away from it but you are clean and regardless of you know uh, of how things move forward and move on like like you know recovery is not a perfect path you know mm. recovery is about getting back up and just growing into that next moment and that next moment and that next moment so don't ever think you're anything but clean there you, you know
3: mm. so.
2: and I took depression medicine for the first beginning of my recovery and I felt so guilty about it I was told not to talk about it like
3: mm-hmm. and you Man, know it, so it was yeah.
2: a controlled substance and it, it was like you know you know,
1: just, but yeah, it was like that for MAT, you know, that's what, I, that's why I came out and really started talking about MAT and trying to, to mentor people and how to, you know, change their relationship with the medicine and let it be, you know, like it may have it be different than the stigma has created. And, you know, I, I was told to be quiet. Don't say anything about that. You're not really in recovery. You're not really this. I'm like my life. My life proves to me every day that oh. that I'm in recovery. You know what I mean? Like it don't have anything to do with what's on the backside like like my life presents to me that I'm in recovery. And you know, there'll there yeah. will there may come a natural time when, you know, your body says okay, like I'm healed to the point where I want to do this. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. You know what I mean? Like like the the stigma just it's Killing people, you know, for no good reason other than for one person to feel right a- and make another person wrong. Man, that's ego, and ego kills. Man, kills. Ego's, ego
4: needs ego, and recovery just doesn't. They don't. mix. No, it does. It does. <laughs> and I'm, and I take, and, and I've been on MAT, and I'm a firm believer in it. It's what's kept mm-hmm. me, and I've, I'm, and, and I am in recovery. I, but that's, it's what I tell people. My recovery. It's not yours. Right. You uh, you don't right. get the, you can you have know, you have your opinion on it, but it's definitely not your recovery.
1: Amen. I'll let and, my uh, life my life will speak for me, you know? Yeah, damn right. No. I couldn't. No.
4: Yeah.
2: Mm. Everybody's like and the funny thing is the people judging the most have the most secrets in their closets.
1: Amen to that, sister. Mm-hmm. Preach, on, preach on, preach on.
4: Yeah, I think that's why I became an open book. Yes. You know, it just makes life, it made life so easy. I get people going, yeah. like, you probably don't want to share that. You know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Pump
1: the brakes. Stop the brakes,
3: everybody.
4: I'm like, no, you're getting all of it. Floodgates right. are open. That's it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they can't use it against you if you tell them.
1: That's yeah. right. Cool. Yep. Yep.
4: That's right. We'll admit it.
1: That's
2: well, right. I'm sure, I'm sure Houston and Brett probably. I know Brett has a new baby, and Houston's got little kids. He so probably are ready to wrap it up too. I have to put mine to bed too. Oh,
1: Mine's know. 23. I'm the. I feel so free here. Yeah. I feel so free here. If you're
4: putting your 23 year old to bed, we need to have a longer podcast. <laughs> I know, right?
1: <laughs> He's like, I'm putting him out of the house. Out, out. <laughs> Man, I, I was, appreciate y'all. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Somewhere. and I was going to give Jason a shout-out. He's not here tonight, but he is at the recovery night for the Minnesota Wild.
4: Oh, that's um, wonderful.
0: And I wore my Minnesota North Stars <laughs> hat, even though I'm not from Wait. Minnesota. Go, so. Jason. Yeah, Jason. Love we
4: got to put together for the magic. That's such good. That's so important. But good stuff, guys. Wonderful.
0: Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, are you guys ready to, to close out? Yeah. Let's see, let's see if my music works this time. Make it work since it didn't work last time. Hey, I can hear it this time. That's cool. I don't know what I did. I, I reconnected things. That's when it like randomly <laughs> shot up right <laughs> at the beginning.
2: My fixings too. Turn it off and turn it back on.
0: Right. Right. Get it with a the hammer. IT suggestion. Unplug <laughs> it from the back. It. <laughs> well, mine's my mine's Bluetooth, so I I repaired it. So, <laughs> um, but we are on YouTube. If you guys are watching us over here on the YouTube channel please be sure to subscribe like turn on the little notification bell so you know when we go live which for anybody that's new here tonight that's every thursday night at seven central eight eastern um jason who's not here tonight he does his own show with uh mr charlie called the way Mm. out podcast I do my own podcast. I'm currently taking a little bit of a break because like Ashley mentioned, my wife and I just had another baby. But starting next week, uh, I got some more episodes coming out starting next week. So every Wednesday, I drop an episode and it has been coined as Morsels of Recovery because I typically keep my episodes at about 30 minutes or so, give or take, kind of smaller bites. So check that out. Elsie, you also have your own show, Recovery Soul Food so That's be right. sure to check that out and we also released the audio version of this live stream so if you're if you're getting on there and downloading these other podcasts you can also find this as a podcast form as well so be sure to check that out we thank you guys for tuning in tonight thank you again houston for coming on tonight sharing yes. with us
4: it was yes. a pleasure guys we will thank see you. you all wonderful
0: yeah we will see you guys next thursday uh pamela who's been in the comments on the youtube side of things she is going to be our guest next week miss pamela Topgin i think i said her last name correctly you did you i'm just did. going off of how i've heard Elsie say it yeah <laughs> so i was hoping i got it right you got it bubba <laughs> uh so pamela is going to be here next thursday night with us it's going to be a great one so be yep. sure to be here uh, we will see you guys then remember progress not perfection Amen. Amen.